0: Welcome to Becoming Unstoppable, the podcast, a space for honest conversations on how to let go of limiting beliefs so that you can tap into your highest purpose. Hosted by me, Allison Chapeau, licensed therapist, mindset coach, and international speaker. Each week we'll cover topics on mental health, wellness, confidence building, self-compassion, and empowerment so that you too can become unstoppable. Find out more at www.anotefromyourtherapist.com and on social media at Note From Your Therapist. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Beautiful humans, thanks for listening. All right, let's do this thing. So this is the very first episode of Becoming Unstoppable, the podcast, and I am just so damn jazzed to be here. So first, I want to take a moment and just thank all of the people out there that have Helped me make this dream come true from my coaches to my VA to my editor. All of you are helping make this possible. And I'm going to talk a lot on this show about how to live an unstoppable life. But yo, let me tell you, a huge part of this is just finding the people that can support you. Surround yourself with unbelievable people who are not only in your corner and get your dream, but who can actually help you take steps forward to making it possible. All right, I don't want to get too sappy here, but here's what I want to do for today. So first off, I am thinking, you know, an introduction is probably important. So if you don't know me, I'm going to give you a little insight about who I am, where I'm coming from, and how I've helped hundreds of people just like you reconnect to their confidence, empowerment, and higher purpose. I warn you that I say those three words quite a lot because I really do think that they are the most fundamental ingredients to living your aligned life and your biggest dreams. I also want to tell you what I hope this space is going to be about and give you a few spoilers about what's coming in future episodes. All right. So first, a little ditty about me. Um, as the intro indicated, my name is Allison, and I am a therapist in the state of New Jersey, and I specialize in anxiety, trauma, and sex and intimacy. So you can expect like lots of juicy episodes to follow. I have a pretty badass resume, if I do say so myself. So I started my career in a New York City emergency room, and I was a first responder to survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. Basically what that means is I was the first person who connected with these survivors, often sometimes in their worst moments, to offer support in ways that maybe meant advocating for their medical needs or helping them file police reports. And honestly, sometimes it was just sitting in silence and doing nothing at all and just letting them know that there was someone there who was on their side regardless of whether they wanted to talk or not. I also taught sex ed in Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia. Very fun job. I worked with the Federal Bureau of Investigation Behavioral Science Unit doing research on the homicide of sex workers that later was presented at several national conferences. But I think the one that catches the most attention on my resume is that I held a position as a mental health therapy aide at the infamous Rikers Island, and I worked in an all-male solitary confinement unit. I have a lot to say on that, but that's for future episodes, so stay tuned. I then moved to Sri Lanka for a few months, and I worked with the National Institute of Mental Health uh, in the aftermath of a civil war and tsunami And a little known fact about me is I actually, tsunamis are one of my biggest fears. So there's probably a lot to unpack there. I'm not really sure what what that's all about. But anyway, (laughs) I also worked for an agency in New York City that helped people convicted of nonviolent felonies get connected to services rather than jail time to see if it helped recidivism. And what that basically means is if they got services, did they end up back in jail? Big spoiler alert here. No, they did not. It dramatically helped reduced crime when people had access to housing and mental health services, substance abuse services, medical services. In between all of that, I managed to get four degrees. I held 19 internships, and I even moonlighted as a New York City bartender for nearly two decades. I also had an entire career as a private investigator. Presently today, I am the owner of Mindful Mental Health, a therapy practice where I specialize in the treatment of anxiety, trauma, and sex and intimacy. So I tell you all of this not to toot my own horn, though you should know that if you are a fan of me or become a fan of this show, I'm all about the toot-toot-tooting of your own horn, but it is to tell you this to just let you know that I've worked with a lot of people in all walks of life. I've seen people in their deepest trauma, and I've watched people overcome unimaginable challenges. I don't subscribe to the sentiment, what does not kill you makes you stronger. I find that to be minimizing and almost demeaning. But I do believe that a huge part of the human experience is facing hardships. And whether you have survived some big T trauma or you're just trying to get through the basic hurdles of life, what you think and how you treat yourself matters more than anything else. So I'm going to share a little bit of a story about myself to give you some color to my background and just kind of where I'm coming from. You know, it wasn't always this easy for me. Now I wake up, I open my eyeballs, I feel really confident, I'm ready to tackle the world. But that was not always my case. Um, You know, I think it started in high school. I suffered from a ton of anxiety. I had a lot of trouble regulating my emotions, naming them. I Honestly, I even had panic attacks, one of them which landed me in the emergency room. Um, I worked pretty hard throughout college to face my anxiety, learn coping skills. I did a ton of therapy. And I did largely learn how to control my panic anxiety, Right. Um, By the time that I was graduating from college, I no longer suffered from anxiety attacks. But um, (laughs) many years later, I'd say like close to my end of my 20s, I was actually scrolling on Instagram. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it is a true story. I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw a post about high functioning anxiety. And I will 100 percent admit that despite my degrees, I did not. That's not a term that I ever knew. And here are a list of some of the symptoms. One, trouble sleeping. If you know me, you will know that I'm a chronic insomniac. Always needing to move. I think that meant figuratively and literally, right? I was always like shaking back and forth as I record this. I'm, I'm rocking back and forth in my chair, but then constantly moving, filling my schedule. Poor boundaries. Overbooking yourself, even if your calendar is already full. Working late, coming in early, saying yes to almost anything, shit self-care. When I looked at these these symptoms, I I resonated with each and every one of them. And it it took me back. And I'm going to full force admit that I think that moment, that Instagram post, so, you know, social media has some negatives, but this one helped me. It was the first time I really allowed myself to reflect on my own life. Like I had that aha moment that people talk about so often. And up until then, I had considered myself certainly successful, but but honestly, even very insightful. So it was a difficult truth for me to face that I had been really wearing my productivity as a badge of honor almost, right? I had this thought distortion that I can recognize as a thought distortion now, but I didn't then, that if I was working harder than everybody I knew, that that was a flex. I was doing it better. And once that seed was planted, it was hard for me to unsee it. That when I leaned into my own intuition and dropped into my body, you know, how was I feeling? And the truth was that striving for perfectionism, that overworking, that constantly needing to move really was not showing up for me in the way that I was trying to trick myself to pretend it was. I mean, if I was really honest, I was constantly exhausting. I was at, at that time in my life, I was at the PI job that I mentioned. I I was super successful. I had climbed the corporate ladder, ladder. I had a good salary. I made bonuses. I had a cool job title. I think from the outside, I really looked like I had it all together. But when I deep dove into my emotions, I was not a happy person. I was very far removed from the passion of helping people. My boss was like a special brand of terrible and I had a second boss that was probably equally terrible, but just more like that subtle time kind of jerk. I always had the Sunday scaries. I constantly felt like I had to work harder, that I had to prove myself, and that I had to dig in deeper. Now, many years since that aha moment, I know that through my work with clients, just how many people are going through the same thing, right? They're usually the hustlers, the movers, the shakers, the moms that do it all, the people that look like they have all their shit together, but internally they are struggling. They are struggling with feelings of guilt, of shame, of perfectionism, of overworking. Now your story might be different than mine, and and I suppose that it, it should be, but the details don't really matter. I now know that there's just too many people out there thinking that they're not enough. And no matter what they do, how hard they push, that they are left with that insecurity, guilt, doubt, shame. I particularly see this with women. Now, I'm not trying to get on my soapbox. Hashtag feminism. But I do know now that anxiety does not look just like a panic attack. It can be something much subtler and much deeper. It is simply a mindset that comes from fear or deprivation. That doubt, that insecurity, maybe a bit of it all. So back to my story. On one specific day, I, I had that cliche meltdown. Uh, terrible boss number one was saying something bad about me to terrible boss number two, who always positioned himself as my friend, although I can't think of a single time he stood up or advocated for me. And I just had this thought, I, I can't ever be in this room again. I don't want to be here. I hate all of this. I left that meeting, I called an emergency session with my therapist and I submitted my immediate resignation, which left with a lot of hostility from evil boss number one. Um, He even later had a lawsuit, which I won, by the way. Now, this is the part of the story where I usually lose people. So I think many people relate to the feeling of being stuck or being in a place that you know your intuition is telling you is just wrong. People, People get that. But when I start to get to the point where I say I quit their usual response goes something like this. Well, isn't that nice for her? I mean, I can't do that. I'm too old, or where would I work, or it's too late, or I've already climbed up the corporate ladder. Am I supposed to start over again? How could I afford that? I have children, dot, 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 dot. And I need to be very clear that I had exactly no help in the matter when I made this decision. I had a huge New York City rent. I had never had financial support from my parents. I basically grew up broke. I had over $200,000 in student loan debt that I was paying off myself. I did not have a plan. I did not have savings. I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. But what I did have that those naysayers often don't is a sudden sense of self-trust. That day was the first day I allowed myself the truth that every decision that I was making, where I lived, how I was being treated, where I worked, who I dated, They were mine. They were my decisions. When I coach and I therapize clients, that is often a tough sell. They come in with a true, but, and the but will keep you stuck. Each one of us has the power to change our lives. We are literally one decision away from an entirely different life if that is what we want. Now, I know this can feel daunting, In fact, it might feel scary as hell. But this, this is what empowerment, true empowerment, this is what it looks like. Recognizing that you control the shots in your own life, no matter what life you are living. Now, I am well aware that those changes are never easy, especially if you have big adult responsibilities like mortgages and certainly children. But I'm going to share with you a tip, my number one tip on living an unstoppable life. And I call it my big three. So the big three here, patience, flexibility, and creativity. I knew in that moment that I needed to reconnect to me, to my confidence, to my passion, to my intuition, and to my higher purpose. And for me personally, that meant going back to helping people. Unfortunately, life is not always that easy. And in fact, since I had last gone to school, the degree that I had gotten actually no longer licensed me. So that meant if I wanted to pursue my dreams, I had to go back to school in my mid thirties. It meant I had to take out a new loan. It meant that I had to complete a 600 hour unpaid internship, repeat, in my thirties. So here's what I did. I took out that loan and I went back to school where I got my first masters. Taking out a loan was very scary and I realized that it is not a decision for everyone, but it was not just taking out the money that I was doing for myself. It was really a commitment and investment in myself. I scheduled night classes so I could do that internship during the day, three days a week. And the other two nights I worked, I begged a friend to let me bartend at his bar doing happy hour shifts, making significantly less money than I was accustomed to making. And I worked weekends at a different bar. Was this plan easy? Hell no. But it was flexible, creative, and did require quite a lot of patience. I have a client who always says, pick your hard. My new plan was hard. It was really hard. But ultimately, I can confidently say it was way less hard than feeling stuck, than losing myself, than continuing to move forward in a direction that I knew was no good for me. Today, I have that degree. I have my license. I have my own practice. I speak internationally about mindset change and how each one of us has the capacity to live the life that we actually love. I have a full therapy caseload. I have time for my friends, new friends, good friends. I have time for my family, and most importantly, I have time for my pets, Doozer, Fiona, and Fury. Um, I travel all over the damn world. I have seen 22 countries in 10 years. Notes here, Japan and Bali, unmissables, honorable mentions. They are incredible. And what I need you to take from this is that I am absolutely not special. I have more because I made the commitment to myself to make space for more, and you can too. If you listen to me on podcasts, you probably can earmuff at this point because I say it every single opportunity I can. But I'm going to repeat that the number one gift we give ourselves is our thoughts. Our brains are hardwired to take thoughts we think often and make them automatic. So I like to give this analogy, right? I want you to think of a pasture. Just imagine this like beautiful, green, luscious, virgin pasture. No one's ever touched it. And imagine you're the first person to arrive. And you want to get from one side to the other. You pick any direction. It doesn't matter, right? You just go. Now, a new person arrives. They can see your footsteps in the grass. And you know what they are most likely to do? Follow the path that you even subtly made. Now, over the years, let's imagine bunches of people, groups of people show up to this pasture. At this point, there's a path, right? The grass has been trodden down. There is a clear path everybody basically takes it, which without thinking further. So this is literally how your brain works. Think about driving from home to, I don't know, we're home to work, to your kid's school, to the bar, wherever you go frequently. You don't really think, ah, okay, turn left on me. Okay, now I'm at Spruce Street. hang a right. You just go. It's automatic. And that is an awesome help when our brain is auto remembering how to get to work, how to shampoo our hair, how to brush our teeth. But what's monumentally unhelpful is when you've been telling yourself some trash self-talk. We collect experiences along our way. Humans are generally incredibly susceptible to outside influence. So if you've been gathering intel and thoughts that you are not enough, whether maybe it stemmed from your parents the whole way back to childhood telling you you need to work harder, maybe you have An evil, terrible boss like I did who was constantly telling you your worth and your salary were only good enough if you put in your all. And when you met your all, you had to work even harder. Wherever it's coming from, your brain does not do a good job of compartmentalizing these thoughts. So I'm not good enough. I need to work harder. Suddenly filters into the rest of your life, right? You might have trouble advocating your needs with your partner. You might feel that huge pangs of mom guilt that I hear so much when you put your kids in front of the TV so you can just take a Peloton class or pee or go to the bathroom or take a shower. You might even notice apologizing to the waitress when you're asking for more salad dressing. These thoughts show up and this is the power of mindset. My mindset used to come from fear, from unworthiness and from anxiety. So I was making poor choices for myself. I wouldn't dare to take time off. I kept a job I despised. I let terrible boss number one and number two treat me poorly. I honestly wasn't even picking good friends. And that I have permission to go after the things I want. I take up space without apology. Now that I've been walking that path, everything about my life has changed. I feel better. My relationships are better. I quit bartending. I have good friends. I see the world. I have a job I love. I built a life I love. All right. So if you're listening now and you're thinking, okay, awesome, yeah, I want that, whatever. How? That's a great question. And I actually have a pretty simple answer. Just start. Start by actively saying nice things to yourself. Build that new path. I encourage clients to make this a daily practice and I suggest it doing it whenever you brush your teeth. Also note on that, way too many people when I say this admit that they don't brush their teeth. I don't judge people for like nothing. Please, please brush your teeth. Dental hygiene is important. Sometimes this tactic is called affirmations. We on like the Instagram often call it mantras I dig that vibe, right? I get very witchy. But ultimately, there is literal brain science around this approach. And what you're doing is actually changing your brain neuropathways. I personally like it when the client comes up with like, you know, I don't know, a groovy mantra that feels super personal to them. But I realized when we were first starting, that might be difficult. So I'm going to gift you some of my mantras, affirmations, new neuropathways. Here's the things I say to myself. I am good enough. I am not failing. I'm learning. My anxiety lies. I can do hard things. I'm effing unstoppable. I don't care at the jump if you don't really believe this. You can totally do that whole like fake it till you make it approach. It's fine. But what I do want you to do is believe that this works. If I've got you this far and you're thinking, seriously, this is her big, brilliant pitch to how we become unstoppable, What I'm going to absolutely tell you is with 100% certainty, yes, this is the basics of mindset work, and it is the key to everything. I'm what you call a cognitive behavioral therapist. It's a big, fancy word, and there's lots of training around it, but ultimately it chops down to our thoughts influence our emotions, and our emotions dictate everything. So if we wake up and we're feeling unstoppable, we're going to become fierce inside of our whole lives. I'm not arguing that you have to be impulsive, but you're going to notice that that feeling of confidence is going to power you to take more calculated risks. It's going to encourage you to leap into the universe and trust that it will catch you. Contrarily, if you're feeling small or unworthy, you're going to have poor expectations. You're going to have poor boundaries and you're going to settle for less. You have a choice whether your thoughts are encouraging, inspiring, or motivating, or if they're self-deprecating and harmful. I have helped hundreds, literally hundreds of clients. And I absolutely know this is the foundation of getting what you want in life. Okay, (laughs) so that is my 10-cent speech on how I moved from becoming, to becoming unstoppable, from being like, I don't know, an insecure overthinker. And I hope that these seeds are planting for you as well. So if you want to know what's coming next, I have some beautiful things to share with you. In our upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking to experts. It's not just going to be me chatting at you. I got some awesome guests coming on the show. And we're going to talk about things like letting go of perfectionism, how to improve your body image, such a such a big deal, the connection between alcohol and anxiety. You know, that one gets everybody like a little bit scared, but I promise it's important. We're going to be talking about sex and intimacy, finding freedom in the bedroom, how shame shows up in our lives. We're going to be talking about non-traditional relationships, fertility, Motherhood, mom guilt. But most importantly, this podcast is intended to help you know that you are not alone, to help you let go of shame, guilt, limiting beliefs, anything that is getting in your way. And I want you to make space for things that aren't. The more we let go of things, the more room we have to invite new philosophy, new mindset, new thoughts in. If that sounds good to you, I'm going to let you know my little pitch here and how you can find out more about me and some services that I offer. Um, You can check out my website at www.anotefromyourtherapist. Very, very coolly. I have a free class coming up on February 28th at 11 a.m. It is, you know, appropriately called similar to this title of this episode. How I went from being an insecure overthinker to confidently unstoppable, and it's going to go live. But there is a replay available for anybody who, um, you know, can't show up live. You can you can watch the replay, and that registration again totally free. I do not I do not often offer free services, but to celebrate the launch of this podcast and to just give back a little bit, I thought this was important. So you can register there. Um, what else? What else? What else? You can also follow me on Instagram. I have a pretty, pretty neat following. I love my Insta community. Um, I am at Instagram at a note from your therapist. Now, giant disclaimer here. I do like to remind people I give a ton of free resources. There is no substitute, no substitute for therapy. So if you want to, you know, deep dive into your personal life and your own wounds and, and how to kind of curate your own plan on how to become unstoppable. I cannot, I cannot encourage therapy enough. I know I'm a little bit biased here. Um, but it is like a good space for support and some, you know, more generic content. And most importantly, I would very much appreciate it because I don't want you to miss anything. If you could like and subscribe to Becoming Unstoppable, the podcast. You know, I think that's uh, I think that's it for now. So I just want to say, beautiful humans, thanks for listening, and look forward to talking to you next week.